Cascade Hoops Talk. Billy D, join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Hope you're uh, being safe, taking care of your family. Stay inside, listen to Cascade Hoops Talk. Hey, we're really happy today to have Dwight Burton, uh, Madonna University. He's a two-time All-American. Uh, this season, he was a first-team All-American. Absolute scoring machine. Dwight Burton scored well over 700 points each of his two seasons at Madonna. And this season, Dwight was the NAI D2 third top scorer. Welcome, Dwight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Dwight, you went to high school at the Detroit Delta Prep. And then out of high school, you decided to go to Macomb, uh, JC. Uh, j- just talk about your experience at Macomb your first couple years. Okay, well, going, in, going into Macomb, it was kind of like a tough decision. Coming in, I kind of had, like, a lot of Juco's, like, in Michigan that wanted me. For me, like, since I only really – I haven't really been playing organized basketball that long, so, like, recruiting was tough. So I made the decision to go to Macomb because I knew one of the players there, and I liked the assist, uh, assistant coach for me seemed like a guy that really cared shut and then so as far as when I got there it was kind of it was a tough adjustment had to you know since basketball became way more serious than it was in high school in high school you barely even practice so I mean like it was a tough adjustment but like with the teammates I had there were great leaders such as Antonio Capaldi, Daryl Porter and Malcolm Cohen who all three of them still went on to play at universities too so I mean it, my transition was probably more easier for others just because I had great leaders around me to teach me um, how to play the game and which way to go. So it was kind of smooth as far as Macomb and Macomb. Your freshman year at Macomb, you guys had a, a pretty good team. You went 28-7. Uh, and seven. I know you talked about it being different than high school, but uh, how fun was that? That was, that was by far, that was probably my funnest year ever playing basketball that year. I mean, every all of us just combined together, like, just for one goal. Like, from the top guy all the way down to the 12th guy, we all knew that we wanted to be the first team in Macomb history to go to um, Nash to make it, to, to win, to win a tournament and go on and play. So everybody just locked in from that day forward, and we just went out there and played together every game. That was an awesome season. So, Dwight, I should know this, and I don't, but where did that Macomb team end up your freshman year? How did, how did you end the season? So we go, we played in a tournament. We won the tournament. We go to Nationals. We played the first round against, I think it was a Niagara, a Niagara, a New York team we played against, and we lost the first round. But, like, doing Juco, the Juco tournament, you get to play on for So we played a game after that. We won that, and then we lost our last game and packed it up. It was, like, seventh in the country or something. And then you played there two years in your uh, sophomore year. You uh, you must have lost uh, quite a few players after your freshman year because, yeah, you went 17 and 13 your sophomore year. We lost a lot going into them, but we still we, we turned a lot back. Too. It was like, for us, it was basically like an adjustment process because we lost, I think it was like six incredible seniors, incredible sophomores that year. So now we coming back. Now we all sophomores trying to work hard, and then we lose Shep, which was a, a very key piece of our um, system. So when we, we lost him, and we still scrambling to try to get stuff picked up our game plan because now he's actually fourth, and now we against him. And it was just, it was a, a lot of stuff going on, but I, we still made it to I think, like the final four that year. We lost in the final four. So after you complete your two years at uh, Macomb, uh, then you had to decide what you're going to do with your uh, the rest of your college career, and you made a decision to uh, go to Madonna. But to, you just talk about you know what led you to Madonna. Okay, what led me to Madonna? I had a couple. Me going into like starting playing basketball late. 
So I didn't really know, like, how everything, like, went and was set up. So I didn't know that, like, they told me you only get, like, five official visits to visit colleges. And, like, I took one to, one to Arkansas Pine Bluff. I went to Gannon. I went to Concord, Wayne State. So I, like, I was, like, just going to see every college not knowing that there was a limit to how many official visits that you get. So when that had happened, I was like, oh, crap. I kind of hit a, hit a stump. Like, oh, so now, like, if I want to go to another out-of-state school, I would have to pay for the whole trip myself now since I didn't use so many of those visits. Up. And then my buddy, Sean Antonio Papardi, who played for Macomb my freshman year, he went on to Madonna my sophomore year. So he was a junior. I was still at Macomb. So he talked to me a lot. And, like, I came here for, like, a camper, so I worked a couple camps here. And the guys were cool. The coaching staff was awesome. And, like, I was just like, why not? Why not be a trend and don't go where people think I should go because talent-wise, people would say, oh, he should have been here, he should have been that. But I went where I felt like I was wanted. That's how I got to Madonna. Okay. Hey, I got, I got kind of a dumb question for you. Your freshman year at Macomb, you wore number 30. And then your sophomore year and your rest of your career, you wore number zero. It's it's kind of rare to see guys change their numbers. What was the story behind that? The story was when I first got there, he just like never had zero, so he just threw me thirty. Like it was just like, hey, you get this number, you're a freshman, you can't pick it, you just get thirty. So I just went the whole season like, all right, I'll be thirty. But then after the season was over, I asked him like, is there any way possible that we can get zero? And Coach Pierce was like, yeah, didn't make it happen. He ordered it for me. <laughs> so then you were zero. The rest was that your number in high school. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. High so let's talk about this season. It started out there was a there was a lot of hype around Madonna in the preseason. Uh, there was a lot of expectations for your team this year. You open up the season at Judson and drop a one point game. Uh, you came home and you had to play a oh man a really good Bethel team. You lost that thing in overtime. All of a sudden you're zero and two. I mean, what were those games like? What was the mood of the team after that? Me personally, feel like that kind of stuff is what happens. Like, when you get so much hype around you, it, it kind of, like, natural that people will start getting a big hit. So we went into Judson. I mean, we didn't play, like, pool, but we just we didn't play Madonna basketball. Like, we went out there, and, and then it was a lot of dudes. We still, like, filling each other out, whatnot. That, that's a game. That was that was a tough game. I mean, we were still up two with, like, five seconds left. Dude come and hit a stellar shot at the end to win. And uh-huh. then going against Bethel, they, they were really tough. They At one point, they didn't lose. Like majority of the season, like that, just the that was just the well that that team was prepared. Like that team came in hungry, wasn't really that much hype around Bethel, but you knew that they were good. Especially like the guard they got there, Travion Cruz, very tough guy. He came and played awesome on our court. I mean, it was a tough to come off a loss to a team that everybody expects you to beat, then to come right back and turn around and play a tough team. I mean, we was hungry. We played good that game. They they were they were just tough. Especially at the start of the year, Bethel was boy, they were on fire, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were. They were hitting on all cylinders. I mean, and, that, and that's what Coach Noel set us up for, though. He wanted that. So that at the end of the day, you want to play teams that you know are going to be at the NAIA tournament. You want to play teams that you know that are nationally, our national teams are going to be there. So when you see them there, or you just happen to bump heads, you prepare for it, and you already face them. So you kind of know what they expect going into there. So after that Bethel game, though, you were able to right the ship. Uh, you won seven straight, and those wins included a, a big win over Spring Arbor. Uh, they were the defending national championship. You and Paul Marindette went head-to-head. He scored 36, you scored 29 in an overtime victory. 
heck of a game. Talk about that game. That game, going into that, we actually lost. Yeah, I think going into that, we lost Mark at this time. I think Mark got he got sick and couldn't play like for that seven game stretch. And like we had like everybody just improved their game. So uh, especially like dudes like KJ who had to come from off the bench to starting. And he came in that spring all the game and played an awesome game. Like we just all played together. Like when we lost him, when we lost him, Mark Medi, everybody else just played awesome throughout those seven games, especially spring Arbor. Guarding that, having Josh have to guard Paul Meriden, who's a very tough guy, very tough guy. Lead his team well. Like them, them guys are coached well. Very nice team. Like even even after the game when they lost, they still had their heads up high, gave everybody a five in the line, everybody smiling. It's a very very good team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I noticed about that about those guys as well. Uh, you know, they always they seem to handle losses and and victories as well. They kind of a class group. You know, Paul Marindet, Everybody I talk to, and I've talked to him about this too. Everybody says he can he can control the pace. Did you notice that when you played him? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very very under control group. If he if he want to push the ball, he gonna push the ball. If you want to slow everything down instead of a play, you want to slow everything instead of a very tough guard. He's a senior guard. What you expect? At that at that at that time, you got to be able to take the pace. He's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Very good player. So after that stretch, now you're seven and two. You're feeling a little better about life. Uh, in late November, went through another rough stretch. You dropped close games to Rochester, Siena Heights, uh, and then you went on the road. You you lost a uh, another tough game to what turned out to be your arch nemesis this season, Indiana Tech. You know, how disappointed were you after going 7-2 and two and then you went back on a three-game losing streak? What what did you think then? I mean, just had to time everybody down. At this time, we just now, I think we got Mark back at the time. I think he probably came back to Indiana Tech game. So when we got him back, uh, uh, we took a step back. Right? And it's not, it's not Mark's fault, it was our fault. Since we got him back, we thought like things are always about to be back easy now. Now we got our big man back down there, and it wasn't like. And then when you pick to be the number one team, you're gonna give everybody's gonna give you their best shot. Yeah. So we coming in lack and the close games that we can win if we just play our game and what it wasn't working out that way because we start thinking stuff was gonna come easy because we were the number one team in the conference. Which you got to give Rochester and Siena and Indiana Tech big ups because they came there to play. We actually lost Indiana Tech by I think 15. Like they really, especially at Tech, that's a tough place to play at. And that's just, uh, I mean, it, this whole season they kind of took for us to get punched in the face to realize that we're not doing working yet. So you mentioned your teammates a couple times. I want, I want, I want you guys had kind of a I'm gonna I call it like a four pronged attack where you you really had all the pieces. You mentioned uh, Mark Meddy, you had him in the middle, yourself, and then uh, Josh. Reynolds, who boy, he could really shoot the three right along with you, uh, and then Henry Spate. You know, just just talk about uh, the the strengths of each of those players you were you surrounded yourself with. Awesome, awesome teammates. I feel like what a lot of people don't see. Like I feel like a lot of people know that Josh and Henry good, but I don't think they get like as much credit as they should be for being as good as they are. Like I feel like if, if you put those dudes on any other team, they will be a, they will be a first team first team, second team, all American. Like and, and that's just what I strongly believe. So everybody like came together to make sacrifices for the team. But those y'all will see when Henry Spade is at Madonna next year, he's tough. Y'all gotta stay watching. That dude's tough. Like that dude 
can literally take over a game or so. He's tough. He, he's so he's so strong, and he can back you down and post you up and back you down. But then he shoots forty percent from the three as well. So you know, pick your poison with him, huh? Yeah, I mean the dude's a six one two twenty guard that's playing forward that can play the four too. So now you know he's he's tough, man. Very tough. So after those those losses, you guys turned right around. You went on a another winning streak, nine game winning streak, and in that in that nine games, you defeated Indiana Wesleyan, one of the top teams in the country. You defeated Indiana Wesleyan in two overtimes. How exciting was that? Believe it or not, that game actually I don't even think that game was like is that packed either. Like I feel like probably one of our lower crowds. But just, like, the game itself was, like, amazing. Like, that was a game where, like, just the game itself had so much energy. Like, it don't even matter if there was nobody in the gym. That, that, that game was going to be a classic. And, like, them having, like, I think it's Seth, Seth Maxwell, their center. Like, that dude was, like, a monster in the paint all night. And then they got the National Player of the Year, Kyle Magnus, who came into the play. That dude, he came in. I mean, it was a great game. I mean, I, I was so sure I was back on a couple of these games, man, watch a couple of films. And I'm good to watch some good basketball. Because that game, that was, that was a good basketball game. It was back and forth all night. I think the Indiana Wesleyan game was one where uh, you guys, I think you were down by four with like 30 seconds to go or something. And you hit just a monster three and a little bit of a busted busted offense. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking about that three. That three was from way behind our team. Because we set up, we set up a play, I think, to run like a double screen for Josh. Spate usually would have taken that. Burton from Burton. way downtown. My goodness, what a shot! But since everybody knows he's such an awesome shooter, they played him like pretty tight off of it, ran him off the screen, and then Henry just iso. He couldn't get nothing. Just kicked it to me, and I just let it fly. That yeah, that was a huge. That you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have went to overtime without that shot, Dwight. Yeah, we would we, we wouldn't have been close. We wouldn't have been close. <laughs> That, that was a big shot. So, uh, you know, we talked about Paul Merendet. What about, I mean, Kyle Mangus played 42 minutes in that game. He scored 41. You played all 45 minutes, and you scored 31. Uh, you mentioned Maxwell, but what about Mangus in that game? That The thing that you don't get is that people don't understand that his game is not like glitching. Like, when I first, when we start, first started watching film on him, I'm like, man, how is he doing it? Like, everything he do is just, like, it's, like, fundamental. But that's what people say, that if you get great at the fundamentals, you can be a great basketball player. And that, that guy shows you that he don't have to be flashy. He don't have to do that. He's just great at being fundamental. Like, the whole game, he was just, I don't know, he was just, he was chopping at us. A couple head fakes, easy layups, a couple open threes. Then he'll show you he can break you down off the dribble. The guy, he played an awesome game. Very, very awesome game. Yeah, very, very good ball player. And then uh, Very good ball play. now you're heading into the, you know, the really the the gut check part of the season. You won six out of seven games going into that WAC tournament. How did you guys feel going into that that tournament? Well, at the end there, we kind of got like upset at ourselves because we went to Rochester, which is a very hard place to play at. Tough to play at Rochester. We went there and dropped the ball bad, bad. So at this point, you see how the season going on. If we take a loss, Usually we take in two or three, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like transfer over. So now it's at the end of the season. We got three games left, and we just dropped the ball to Rochester. So now we got to turn around 
we like when we can't we can't drop two or three right now because we're too close to the tournament. We're, if, if we want to be at the top, we got to win these. So for us to turn around and after that loss, after going what we won four in a row, to lose that and then bounce back and have to play Concordia and the tough Yields and Billboard team, but to pick up those two big dubs going into going into the right tournament to get the momentum was big. So going into the tournament, you had uh, Indiana Tech had ended up overtaking you for the regular season title. Did you guys feel like you had something to prove going into that WAC tournament? Yes. I mean, every every day you got to feel like you got something to prove, especially when you projected to be the number one number one team in the conference, and you kind of you kind of dropped the ball. Like it's all we lost a, a lot of games that I felt like we, we shouldn't have lost. No no disrespect to none of the teams that we played and we lost to, but I feel like. They picked us for a reason. We just we should have won it. So not winning that definitely put made us way more harder to go in there and win the rack tournament. And that was one of our goals that we've been set. We've been set. We want to win conference. If we couldn't do the conference, so we had to work extra hard to win the WAC tournament. And you did. You won the WAC tournament. I mean, how satisfying was that? That was awesome. To go if you to kind of get like the history back on how Madonna never really been, never really got that much national respect to them. Not really the only one in one um, rack tournament. That was 2013. So they've been out of it for like six years. So to come here and then, you know, stand be a focus point of that to drive this team to do something that they've been hoping and needing, it was awesome. That's a feeling that I feel like you will never be able to restore that. Uh, That was crazy. Yeah, and you guys should be very proud of that. That's a a tough conference, and uh, I mean, you beat some you beat some good teams to to achieve that. You had to beat Cornerstone in the final. And they have a they have a really strong history. Yeah, very very good coach, very good coach. So then, Dwight, you're now you're heading to Sioux Falls, and you get a matchup with IU Kokomo. So how did you feel about your matchup going into Sioux Falls? How did you feel about your matchup with Kokomo? I feel like our matchup, it was a good matchup. I know it's going to be a tough game. They got two tough guards there. They got a nice little undersized, but very physical big man. So we knew that we have to we have to play hard and contain the guards from doing scoring. So me and Coach made a decision that I was going to guard their star um, point guard, in number three, I can't remember his name, and then we were going to put Josh on 25. And going into the game, I knew, like, I got to gotta play defense. And the game had a lot of, I mean, going, I feel like we fouled a lot. The refs called a lot of a lot of touch fouls. Like, we went into it halftime, free throws, they shot, like, 19 or, like, three or something like that. They were, like, 17 for 19 from the free throw line. We were, like, Two for three. We were and we went into went into half and I think we were down three or one. So I mean, we were feeling very confident. What was what was your game plan against IU Kokomo? Because you're kind of two different teams. I mean, the, the game plan was defend and not let them get out in transition. Because they they score a lot in transition. If they get out in transition, they're going to be tough to stop. If you can stop the transition game, then they're more more containable team. I thought going in that. And I'm curious your thought here. I, I thought going in, you, you guys were going to try to turn it into a defensive struggle and Kokomo was going to try to turn it into more of a track meet. Yeah. We, we, knew, we knew that's what they do. They, cause they, if you let that team get out and run, then it's going to be a dog fight. But if, you can, if we could have stopped a transition, we felt like we could have the game would have the game. You know, in that game, I mean, it was a tough ending. You guys ended up falling, I think, by two. I got a question for you, Dwight. In the in the first half, Henry Spate to me he kind of looked unstoppable, and in the second half it, it didn't seem like as many sets were run for him. Did you guys change your approach in the second half? I feel like I mean, 
we didn't change anything. It's just that Henry coming up, I mean, we ran the first, I think, first play we ran for him, he got an offensive foul. So oh, now that... it's like, you know, he already, I think he was at like three fouls or four fouls at that time. So we can't, we can't, you know what I'm saying? We don't want to keep trying to force the ball down, even though, like, nobody is stopping him. Like, he's been, he's been going at it all game. Like, the first half he played on the But it's like, at some point, you got to be like, all right, we got to lean back off of him to take, because now they're on him. Like, every time he gets the ball, they're just flopping back, trying to get charges on him. So we, we still need him in the game. But we ain't run that set for him. We just got to find, like, different ways to get him the ball to where he can be successful without picking up another foul where he got to be on the bench. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we still came back to run the set for him. He got offensive foul with four. And that's where, like, what, like 12 minutes left? Now he on the bench. It's tough. So how did some call? But, yeah, that dude, if, if, we, if we had him more that second half, we would, it would have been tough. Yeah, he was But they wouldn't stop him. I had forgotten that he got that fourth foul so early. Uh, you're right. That changed the complexion of the game. Just the first help. half, we had no Josh, no Josh Reynolds. He got three fouls in the first like two minutes. So I mean, like our game, our game plan was like it, it, it switched quick. When your best defender and, when, and your best player get three fouls in two minutes, you gotta now somebody who don't who don't play until like the 15 minute mark got to come in and play at the 18 minute mark. So it switch up the rotation, it switch up our game plan. Now somebody else got to guard their key player because Josh is on the bench. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Like, our yeah. game plan we had was good, but when we got out there, it just it, it, there was a lot of other stuff that stopped us from fully pursuing our game plan that we had. Mark Meddy, you got to admit, he had a heck of a game. He really kept you guys close. He had uh, 14 rebounds, I think. Yeah. It, there, once, Mark, once Mark found himself, he was very tough to stop. Like, that that guy is going to be a problem for these next two years. For the white man and the bait, He's fortunate enough to make it back to the NAIA tournament. He's going to be a, a serious problem because it's, it's like every time, like when you watch, if you watched him last year to this year, you see the growth. You see the growth. So yeah, he's, he's been he's tough to start. All right, I'll ask you one more question about that game. When's the last time you shot twenty one percent from three? That's probably the first game we ever shot twenty one percent from three. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the last time we did that was probably last year when we played Lawrence Tech. You went over seven from in the in the first half. It was. So losing Henry early to the fourth foul and then the, you know, the three just not going for you, uh, it had to be disappointing loss. Yeah, it really was. And another thing that we, we had one of our top three points, like when our, the best shooter on our team on the bench, where it, 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 it forced other guys to have to shoot shots when Josh not out there. But even still then, I mean, all our guys were ready to play with it. The shots just wasn't falling. So that game ends, your season is over, and then they canceled the tournament. Well, the next day it was. So I got a question for you. Have you now that you think about it? Was it? Do you think it's easier for you knowing that your career ended on the court versus the virus? I know with loss is never easy. I'd like your opinion. Yeah, me, me, me personally. When we found out we was on the bus, but me, me personally, I would rather, I would rather the virus end my season than losing. That's just me because I'm yep. so competitive that I hate losing. So I would have I would have rather win that game and still think like if that could have been an opportunity that we could have went and did what we what we set our mind to and our goal was than for me to know like that it's over. Yeah, you know? I, I know. Like I would that's just me personally. Because nobody, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Because once you win that first game, even if they cancel the tournament, nobody can take that away from you, right? Yeah. And that would have been the first time in our program history that we got out the first round of the national tournament. 
So Dwight, you had a, a really an amazing career, both at Macomb and at Madonna. So what what's next for you after college basketball? I mean, I'm going to continue to work out and hopefully some some pro contracts come my way and I'll be able to keep, because I want to continue to play the game that I love. Yeah, you. I think you could definitely play at that level. So it's probably pretty much up in the air. Everything's up in the air with the virus, isn't it? Yes, everything yeah. is. Everything is like all over the place right now. Well, Dwight, you, you regardless, you should be proud of your career, two-time All-American, first-team All-American, your senior season, really an amazing career. Thank you so much for, for uh, being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 